Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. everyone and welcome to our Sunday night Bible study on TalkShoe. I appreciate you folks being there in the chat room as usual. Thank you for your faithfulness. It's much appreciated. How you doing, Brother Jason? Doing pretty well, praise the Lord. Amen, brother. Amen. If you would, go ahead and open us in a word of prayer, brother. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and we ask that you bless us tonight, Lord. As we study your word, we ask that you guide us and we lift Brother Don up to you. Lord, we ask that you bless him and give him wisdom uh, as he shares your word with us tonight. We also pray, Lord, for those that would download the program, that you'd touch their hearts and that you would help them understand your will for them in their lives, Lord, and how these scriptures apply to them as they go through them as well. We also pray for Brother Steve and Sister June, Lord, that you keep them safe and close to you, Lord, and that that uh, they would uh, um, participate back in the program here sometime soon. And uh, also, Lord, we pray an imprecatory prayer against our enemies. Things seem to be getting absolutely worse and out of control here on this earth. And uh, the children of the wicked one, Lord, seem to be having their way, Lord, and we ask that you open the eyes of our people so that they can see the truth and what your will is for them as well, Lord. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Brother Jason, you're going to have to change phones, call back in, oh. do something, brother, because you crackled or you barely could hear anything that you were saying. Okay? Oh, boy. Okay. Is this any better, Brother Don, or no? No, it sounds like you're no. talking into a bucket okay. or something. All right, I'll try again. Okay. You can go ahead and do it, brother, and I'll be talking while you're doing that stuff, okay? Okay, folks, tonight we're going to be in the second part, second half of Luke chapter 17. And there's not much left to go over in Luke chapter 17. So before we get into that, we're going to um, divert to a different part of the Scripture, 
probably anyway for a few minutes. But before we even get started in that, I want to ask you a few questions. You think about what I'm fixing to say, okay? If you got a telephone call tomorrow from a reputable, I said reputable, organization or a reputable person or some reputable form of authority, and they told you, we, you have been selected at a ra- random selection to have a wonder to put, we're going to give you such and such money, and we're going to give you a home and 400 acres of your choice anywhere in the country. Now, these are reputable. Okay? These are reputable. In other words, there's no ambiguities. There's no doubting that it's true or not. I mean, well, if they, if you, they were reputable in your eyes, let me boil this down. You thought they were reputable. In other words, something, some, some organization or a person you trusted. That's the key word. You trust. Would you not be excited about it? I mean, come on. Come on, guys. Think, just Let's stop and think about this thing for a second, okay? All these people that win this, supposedly win this money, or they, they're all freaking out, the people that win the lotteries, the people that bet and gamble that win the money, you know, they get all excited. It's just absolutely glorious and wonderful, right? Now, I want you to put yourself, I want you to think about what I'm saying, because you know I'm fixing to turn something in the natural world I'm going to get, I'm using a natural illustration to give you a spiritual lesson. Okay? Someone you trust. See, that's the key word, trust. And you have to keep on living. You're going to change your life. You'll have to change your life because it's totally different than the way you have been living your life. When you get this when all this stuff is promised to you, say that this house, this land, this money to survive for you and your family, everything's going to be taken care of. So you immediately start changing your life, see, to fit that, to fit that way. If you've been struggling along, making ends meet, or let's say, for instance, you may not be struggling, but everything's kind of comfortable, but it's really going to be comfortable then. I want you to imagine this in your mind's eye. Even though every, even though you've got this promise, you know you're going to get it, but you still have to deal with getting sick, getting a bad cold, going to the doctor, or something like that, in case something comes up. You have to deal with taking care of the vehicle, you know, the mundane things in life. But still, you trust that you've got this out here. This house, this land, this money. Okay, so you start living in accordance with the fact that this is going to happen. There's no doubt in your mind it's going to happen. Okay, now that if the if somebody in the material plane did 
did that. You would do exactly what I'm saying. Don't come up with some off-the-wall idea. Well, oh, well you, since you think I'm trying to pull one over on you, which I'm not, you'll understand what I'm saying when I get to the end of this, okay? It'll be more plain. Brother Jason, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 while I'm talking. You there, Brother Jason? I'm here. Okay, you sound a lot better. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 in one hand and turn to Daniel chapter 7 in the other hand while I'm talking, okay? Okay, yeah. But you trust you've got that, right? So you live your life accordingly. And one of the main reasons you know that these people are telling the truth is because, number one, you trust them, and number two, they've been accurate with everything they've said in the past. They didn't lie to you, and you've got over 100 years of them being in business or being in existence where they fulfilled everything they said they were going to do, individuals or organizations. In other words, history backs up that they don't lie. And you would trust that, wouldn't you? You would really and truly trust that. Because you'd check out the details and see, well, back in uh, 1942 they did this and that person, that person got exactly the same thing. Or you'd go back and you'd say, well, 1910, this so-and-so, they did this, that, and the other, naps. yeah, I see that. They come through with exactly what they said back 18, yeah, did exactly what they said. Look at these people's lives, how they, their lives changed and everything. And yet, and yet, if somebody did that now, you would follow those things that I said, and you know you would, Everybody does. So don't try to say you're something special. Okay? So you checked it out. And promises were right on target. This person, this person back in 1920 lived to be 70 years old and they swore by the promises they had. They got the money and they lived on the land and everything was fine. Now let me flip it. You have a book written by an eternal being that has given you certain promises. And you don't pick and choose what you want to believe and what you don't want to believe, see. Not in this not in this in that reality, not in his reality. And you're trying to tell me that you don't love that book? You're trying, well, what, I mean, what, not trying to tell me that you don't, show me that you do. In other words, the facts always, the actions speak louder than the words. You've got a book that's been proven over hundreds of years. You've got thousands and thousands of your people that have sworn by it. And then along come some braying jackasses. No matter how well-meaning, that's, that's totally immaterial. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. 
you got a bunch of braying jackasses that can change the book, change the arrangements in the book, change the words in the book that you've got all this history to back up. And the word of mouth to back up, not only written down, but by word of mouth that these promises were fulfilled. But yet you pick around. You think that you're more um, qualified to set in judgment on the eternal words of the eternal God than him himself. Is that what you believe? I'm asking you now. This is especially to some of the downloaders. I and some of you I don't have a clue who you are, so I can't say talk for you. I know that there are not many in the chat room that think that way, but since the gutless refuse to be make make, make their self known, you don't you can't you know, you can't minister other than just relying on the spirit of God and the word of God, okay? Which is good enough. I understand that, don't get me wrong. But I'm just saying. I wish anybody, and I'm going to say this very carefully, and this is a challenge to any swinging soul under the sound of my voice that ever hears this. This is a challenge. To any of the braying jackasses out there as well, show me one verse of scripture in the English in the Greek or in the Hebrew or in the Aramaic one one that says that God is not going to preserve his word Just one verse. I didn't say man. See, God says, God makes the statement. God the Holy Spirit makes the statement that He will preserve it. See, but now on the flip side of that, do you want me to start showing you the verses where man puts his hand in it and tries to destroy it. Whether well-meaning or not, absolutely means, has no meaning whatsoever. You see, and before you go trying to flip it around, well, that was me and so and so and Folks, listen. You've got the history to back it up. You put, you'll put your trust in men. Or put your trust in your earthly father to believe what they say is true when you're a child. You'll jump in their arms from a table. Well, how about your heavenly father? That promises over and over again that his words, I didn't say words, see, See, that's where the people, that's where folks get off the boat at. They take the word W-R-D as a concept or an idea or a thought from God 
and say that's what the Bible's talking about when over and over and over again he tells you it's his words, plural. Little w-o-r-d-s, words. Okay, you got the promises. Now, what I'm fixing to go to, when the, the, the ordeals in your life, the, the, you, Brother Don is so negative, you know. I'm always talking about this, suffering Christians, suffering Christians, suffering Christians. That's, part, that's doctrine. You, I'm always screaming about that being New Testament doctrine. <clears throat> Folks, the fairy tale ends well. The book ends well. I could use illustration, worldly illustration, after worldly illustration to show you a spiritual truth over and over. But if you don't believe it, it absolutely has no application in your life. That's why you, the word belief, belief, faith, faith, belief, 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 belief is ad nauseum through the New Testament. Anyway, the tribulations, the trials you go to, that's part of this period, this period of time that we go through. And the troubles that come up, you know the end of the story. You know how the book ends. There were people that died on the stake that didn't know how the book ended. They just trusted God's Word. Do you trust it? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2 and 3, Brother Jason. Now, folks, when he reads this, you think, or you go take it out of context. Folks, it ain't taking squat out of context. You'll see what I'm talking about. All right? See, will you please show me where context, yeah, find that one in the Scripture, okay? See, I know where the Scripture tells you how to study the Scripture. You got the brain jackasses that don't. They're too busy spending their time trying to destroy it. And like I said, whether they mean well or not, don't make a tinker's dam. Because the spiritual, the spiritual effect has a problem in the believers to where there, it come, there becomes doubt in the child. When I say child, I'm talking about Christian's mind as to what to believe and what not to believe. Therefore, in the end, they wind up trusting their own self instead of trusting God's Word. That's how dangerous and damnable the people are. Kill them. As far as God, kill them. God, take them out of the way. Shut them up. Do something to them. Because they're affecting your bride. They're affecting your body. They're infecting like a cancer. Well, I wonder if that should be in the Word of God. Well, I don't think that word should be there. I don't know. That's, that's Jewish. The Jews put that in there. Father promises he will preserve his words forever. His words are not stuck out somewhere in the backside, on the other side of the firmament, whatever's over there, hid from you. 
He promised you would have them. How do I know he promised you would have them? Because he says it in his word over and over again. You say, what's he ranting about the Bible again for? Folks, listen, listen. You don't have to listen to some of the stuff I listen to on phone calls of, of doubt that comes in about God's word. And it just makes the hair on the back of my, the spiritual hair on the back of my neck stand up because I've seen the damage it done. That, then you get a bunch of people stuck out in a house somewhere just doing whatever the blankety blank they want to do thinking that they're obeying God. Thinking that they're being persecuted because nobody has the same beliefs that they do. And all they're doing is believing what sounds good to them. That's what they're doing, folks. And some of you have been just as guilty as that as, as any of them. Believing what you want to believe. But what sounds good. Or what you've been taught. And I'm speaking of what I've taught too. I'm putting myself in the category, folks. You'll never hear me teach anything without telling you, don't you take a word I said. For the, you go check it out. Don't you believe nothing that I say. You go check it out. You can't check it out if you ain't got it to check out. And you'll never understand it without the Spirit of God. We've got the only book in this enclosed universe that makes the claims that our book makes. No other book in the world makes these claims. That's why we're not a religion. We're a way of life. The Shastas, the Bahava Gita, the Analects of Confucius, none of those so-called great books. The Harvard Twelve Shelves of Wisdom, none of it makes the claim that one book makes to us. Now, it's either right or it's wrong. No in-between. God told the truth or he lied. Go ahead and roll. See, you're faded. That choice is up to you. With these great, we've went over the promises, the great and precious promises in the New Testament. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Do you believe it? Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You believe it? Do you trust it? Well, you would trust somebody, like I said, the illustration I gave at the start of the program. You would trust that in a millisecond. You'd go getting you. You'd be spending money. You'd be arranging your house. You'd be getting your life. You'd be making, making details, notes. You would be doing it all. You'd be checking your bank balance, checking what you got in savings, seeing what you're going to put here, arranging your life in this way, arranging your life in that way. And guess what? Every bit of the first illustration it's going to pass away. 
going to burn up. It's going to burn up. But see, heaven and earth shall pass away, the Lord said. But my words shall not pass away. So which one are you going to trust? See, you really trust him. Do you really? We all have problems sometimes, folks. We get attacked. See, that, remember the one foot in front of the other. The one foot in front of the other. Boom, you get knocked down. You stumble back up. You get back up. You draw the sword. One step in front of the other. You reach toward the prize of the mark, the prize of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Forgetting those things which are behind, one step in front of the other. But, folks, you don't make a step forward and then five step backwards. See, it don't work that way. The growth is a pre- there's no there you might you'll get stunted but you won't regress. Some of the greatest promises, for I am persuaded neither height nor depth, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. you believe that? Do you act like you believe that? Or do you doubt? Satan wants you, that spirit wants you to doubt. It wants to make you unaffected, and excuse me, ineffective in your Christian life. It makes you want to get depressed about the certain little nitpicky situations that come up where six months down the road you won't hardly even remember that happened. Do you trust him? Do you trust his book? Do you, do you trust him? Well, I'm going to show you where you're going to be in the end, okay? See, when when things get bad, when you're sweating bullets over paying a bill, when you're sweating over listening to the doctor, or when you're sweating in a relationship, or when it's, when you're when you're getting attacked from every direction, both physically and spiritually, I want you to remember where you're going to be. See, that's the that's one of the great privileges of having the book. See, you can read the you can keep turning to the end of the of the fairy tale. And read the good news. You can read. You can. You know. You ever wonder why people do that? Some folks do that. You know. They go and read the end of the book before they go to the rest of it. I don't recommend that. But we have a book. We can do that. And do you trust that it's true? That's why. That's why. You won't hear nobody spit, sputter, scream, and holler about this book more than Brother Don does. It's all true. He's proved it in my life over and over and over and over again. I could never deny it. I I can't deny him. Because he is so intertwined with this book that the only difference between the between the two is a little W and a big W. You deny the book, you deny the Lord Himself.
And the more time passes, the less and less and less Bible-believing Christians there are. And when I say Bible-believing, I'm talking about Bible-believing. I didn't say Greek-believing. I'm talking about English Bible-believing that the Lord wanted you to have. You what? Caucasian, Anglo-Saxon, Christian nations, the one he gave to you and blessed for you. And you want to argue about it? I'll tell you the reason I got so fired up about it, and one of the brothers brought to my attention that some braying female jackass has something to say about just a statement that I posted on Facebook about how godliness is not only profitable in this life, but also in the one which is to come. That's not a, a, correct, a perfect verbatim quote, but that's what it says. And she called it Jewish fables. You guess where she comes? Guarantee you I know who she hangs with. Guarantee you I know who she listens to. Just like some of the questions that come from some of the guests, when you when you got guts enough to ask them, I know where you've been. Because I know what they teach. They're just a bunch of braying jackasses. Not that, hey, I'm a braying jackass too, but I'm braying what God has blessed. So let's see what the end of the book says. I mean, we're going to go. Paul's going to talk about it in 1 Corinthians 6 because they're bickering and bitching and moaning and groaning, and he's doing it. He did exactly, except in a different way, exactly what I'm doing right now. See? But if you don't know what he taught and you don't understand the Scripture and the Spirit of God dwells in, you wouldn't know how to do that. You wouldn't know how to apply it to help somebody else out. See, you're supposed to take what I teach you and impart it to others. You're not supposed to sit in a pot and revel in it all yourself. You do not live unto yourself, nor do you die unto yourself. I mentioned it the other night. You have an effect on someone. If it's good enough for you, isn't it good enough for them? See, that's what really bothers me about some of you guys. Let's see how Paul dealt with the moaning first Corinth the Corinthian identities. Let's see how he slapped down two promises and truths on them. Brother Jason, verse uh, chapter six, verse two and three. First Corinthians six, two and three. Listen to what he says, folks. Okay? He doesn't there's no you might gonna be you you might do this or or Maybe if you endure to the end, you're going to get to do this. No, watch what Paul tells these, these low-down, flesh-ridden, carnal, Corinthian identities. Let's see what he says, brother. Go ahead. Do ye not know that the saints shall judge the world? Did you hear what he said? 
Well, I thought it's only the saints that was in. There ain't nobody but the saints. Everybody else is thrown into hell. See, I know what they teach out there, folks. Continue, brother. Start it again. And it, start, in, start it again and then read completely the verse, verse 2 and verse 3. Do you not know that the saints shall judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? Know ye not that we shall judge angels? Say there. We. Plural. We. Who? The saints. Verse above. The saints shall judge the world. Know ye not? We shall judge angels. It don't feel like we're worthy to judge anything, does it? See? Cars tore up if you don't care much about judging an angel, do you? See? See what I'm saying? It's these things you need to go back to for energy. It's this stuff that will give you ammunition for the next day. If you trust it and believe it. Say they, what 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 was going on in the Corinthian church was you had a um, uh, sap sucker took his own daddy's mother for his wife in fornication was living with his uh, with his daddy's wife and Paul's telling them the context of that, that what he just said there was telling him you you won't do nothing you just let them come in you know. You won't kick them out. You won't judge them. You won't point the finger and say that's wrong. And no, you're going to judge angels. And you mean you're going to judge the world and you can't judge the smallest matters? That's what he said, by the way. I just gave you the context. He didn't say you might. He didn't say nothing about there's a chance you might not get there. He said you will. Do you live your life in accordance to those teachings? To the promises, like we read the other night, Peter said, giving us such great and precious promises. Do you know the promises? Why not? See, that's all about loving. Folks, if I could pull out of my heart and type it into the computer, this love down in my heart, and in my soul, for the Word of God, I would do it and gladly give it to you. Every swinging soul under the sound of my voice. If I could do that. But I can't. I didn't get it overnight. It didn't just flop down in my ears and all of a sudden I got it. I, yet, I prove the promise. Prove me, saith the Lord. I've proved his promises. I know there's no temptation that takes you, but such as is common to man. I know that you have a choice there at the end to either take the door out or not. I know he'll supply your need according to your, his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I know it by faith. See, that's the reason belief and faith are different. That's why they're different in your King James Bible. 
even though it's the same Greek word. Holy Spirit got involved, see? See, that's, that's heresy. That's, see, that sounds like heresy to some folks. Been listening to a bunch of Bible denying reprobates. And that's what, and I say that with charity, of course. And I've seen how the poison affects the brethren and the sisters. I've seen how that poison affects. How it eats like a canker, like a cancer. And they get to see, but oh, that that sounds good. I'm going to believe that. Oh, that 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 I, I see that. Oh, yeah, I, I I think I like that. I think I I I I I me 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 me. I like that. Well, I like this version. Well, I like that one. Well, I like, I like, I like, I like. See, there's a problem, folks. It's the I and the me. Slaves don't have an I and a me, except for their basic necessities. Remember what the Lord said up above here in Luke, the first few verses in chapter 17? You can go ahead and turn to Daniel 7 now, brother, while I'm talking. In the first part of Luke 17, when he said, Hey, you ought to just say I've done what is my duty to do. The master eats first, you come last. In y'all's minds, and in the people that listen's minds, and the majority of our people, you come first, God's secondary. I'd like to see that verse. I'd like to see that context. I'd like to see that chapter. I'd like to see that word because it ain't there. You'll take care of yourself and take care of your your blessed fare thee well before you take care of God. Who taught you to do that? The world? The Jew? You want me to keep on? That's not what the Lord said. You believe the book, so you trust his words. There's no there's no ambiguities to it. It's all through the Scriptures. You change one, you can't change them all, bless God. He comes first in money. He comes first in relationship. He comes first in jobs. He comes first in everything in your life. If you love me, he said, you keep my word. Well, I just don't, I just don't feel like, well, pray about it. Fast about it. Is it important enough to you? Imagine you probably could lose, miss a meal or two, wouldn't kill you. You're going to judge angels. You're going to judge the world. You're going to judge that bunch. You're going to be over them whosoever wills. You are the seed of God. You are Israel. You are the elect. Your destination is fixed. Act like it. To whom much is given, much is required. You think Paul just pulled this out of the air? No, he didn't. He got it from Daniel chapter 7. He just 
by under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he slammed it right down on those Israelite Corinthians. Start at verse 9, start reading, brother, Daniel 7, 9. And give, the, give the people time to turn there if they're interested enough to open the Word of God themselves. Just give it a few seconds. But I want you to read from Dan, Daniel 9, I think, to verse 14. Yeah, 9 to 14, and then uh, then I want you to drop down and read verse, uh, well, just read 9 to 14, and I'll tell you the rest then. Okay. Okay, you can go ahead and start reading now, okay? Now, folks, listen, what he's, I'm, I'm boiling this down to your this, the positional impact, your position, okay? I'm not going to make any comments about who these are that Daniel's talking about. I'm only interested in the saints, okay? That's what I'm interested in. That's what this. That's the reason I started off this program like I did. This is this is to positional importance. This is where what Paul said comes from. It's Daniel seven. Okay. I want you to get the import of your position. Like I said, destination fixed. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Nobody. But see, at the same time, don't let that pump you up with pride. See, you're too much is given, much is required. You're supposed to have the attitude of a slave, of a servant. Start reading, brother. I beheld till the thrones were cast down and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. Does anybody need to interpret that for you folks under the sound of my voice? Can you recognize who that is? <laughs> I do not think it needs interpretation. It's very plain. Continue, brother. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousand thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set, and the books were opened. The judgment was set, and the B-O-O-K-S were opened. The books were open. Hmm. I wonder what he's talking about. I'm not going to go there tonight. I've been there before. We'll hit it again later. Continue on, brother. I beheld then, because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake, I beheld even till the beast was slain, and his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. Okay, I will cover about this little horn, this little bee, whenever I go through the book of Revelation. I told you the other night that these books go hand in, that Revelation and Daniel go hand in hand. So we'll cover the personages that it's talking about, okay, when we go through the book of Revelation. But I want you to be concerned with the positional standing of the saints as we go down through here, understanding that he's just got through talking about a judgment. Remember, that's the first judgment he's talked about in this chapter. 
Okay? I want you to keep that in mind. Notice it was only, I'm just, it was God the Father and all the angels and everybody ministering. Bottom line. That's who that was. The books were open, so that's the first judgment. That is a judgment. That's the first, that's one. Okay? Keep on reading, brother. I beheld then because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake, I beheld even till the beast was slain, his body and his body destroyed, and given to the burning flame, as concerning the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Okay. Sound familiar? (laughs) Coming with the clouds. Does that sound familiar to you folks? Do you know enough scripture to where that sounds familiar, see? See, this is what, this very verse right here, verse 13, is eventually the coup de grace that got the Lord Jesus killed by quoting this verse. You remember Acts 1 the other night? We read about coming in the clouds. He that goeth up, the angels told him, they come back in like manner. He went up into the clouds. Remember what it says in First and Second Thessalonians? He's going to come in the clouds. See? see how important words are to make association with the context in the other parts of the Word of God? You destroy you take out the clouds. You don't have a cross-reference to anywhere else in the Scripture. You mess with the book. Use another book. You don't have those references. You can't put them together. Say what I'm saying. Wonder if it'd put mist, mist, instead of clouds. Wonder if it changed that word, those words. Hmm. See what I mean? Oh, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of illustrations that are more poignant than that that I could show you. When you start messing with God's Word, you mess up the ability to understand and learn God's Word. Continue, brother. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. Sound familiar to you folks? Does it sound familiar? This kingdom. Continue, brother. I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit in the midst of my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. I came near unto one of them that stood by and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me and made me know the interpretation of things. These great beasts, which are four, and four kings, which shall arise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. 
So that's a positional importance. The saints. Is it only that? Remember, we're going to judge angels. We're going to judge the world. We, you, me, the elect of God. That's the position, a positional statement dealing with the saints. That's what Paul was talking about. Know ye not, ye shall judge the world. Just watch it. Watch this close now because I'm fixing to show you what 99% of them missed. Okay? I'm going to show you the difference between the elect and the whosoever wills ought to make you happy. Who are you going to judge, see? You think you're just going to dump a bunch of Edomites in the fire? Is that what it is? Watch what. Watch the words. Continue, brother. Then I would know the truth of the fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others, exceeding dreadful. I tell you what, brother, I tell you what, I'll stop and make comment on this if you don't skip on down because it's so good. Just drop on down to verse 24. Okay. And then, excuse me, and the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and another shall rise after them, and he shall be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue three kings. And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of time. Three and a half years. Three and a half years. Forty-two months. Remember what I told you about Job? Forty-two months. Verse 26. But the judgment shall sit, and they shall take away his dominion to consume and to destroy it, to the end. They're going to take away the dominion from this guy, okay? And it shall be destroyed unto the end, not the end of time, not the end of, not, not on out. Just watch, watch the words now, folks. Verse 27. Here is the kicker right here. Now watch this close. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. Stop right there. What did you folks see? The ones that are looking at it. What do you see? Did you see those people that the saints are going to judge? Did you pick up on it? Did you catch it? See, the kingdom from all under the whole heaven. See, the firmament's gone and the heavens are a car. Everything's mingled in. See, of the whole heavens shall be given to the people of the saints. That preposition? Of the saints of the Most High. What, and you see, there's people underneath us. 
and we're underneath the Most High. And some of the braying jackasses would never, ever see it. That's the difference in the whosoever wills and the elect. Know ye not, you're going to reign as kings. You'll be kings and priests in the kingdom. Isn't that something to make you put a foot in front of the other tomorrow morning? See, isn't it, it, but isn't it so hard in this flesh? But don't you know the Lord understands that it's hard? But see, your strength dictates how you'll run to that to make that excuse, to use that for an excuse. Or whether you'll set your chin against the flint, so to speak, and swing that sword and take that next step forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to the things which are before and press forward to the mark of the prize of God, which is Christ Jesus our Lord. If you love him, you keep his words. Not his, not his thoughts, not his message, his words. If you set your life in accordance, folks, what you set your life, what judges your life and dictates, and God, for God's sakes, don't you run off and try to justify yourself by what you like and dislike, okay? Because you have something to judge by. You have a template to judge everything you do in your life, your finances, your marriages, your relationships, you have a book. You have the words of the Lord that should dictate how you live your life and sets down in accordance the rules for every manner of faith and practice that you have. Your investments, raising livestock, what you grow, what you eat, it's all in the book. But see, if you know the book, there'll be some stuff you don't like, therefore you want to do what... You want to do. But you're going to be in the position to judge every swinging soul. You judge the world. You're going to even judge angels. The fairy tale ends with the prince taking the princess off to the marriage. Do you believe that? See, whether you believe, if you, the, you, what you do will be determined in your life by what you believe. It's real simple. It's not no heavy doctrine. It's not nothing real strong meat. It's simple. Tomorrow and the next day and the next three hours will be dictated by what you believe. Is it dictated by what you like? Or is it dictated by what God said? Turn to Matthew 4, brother, and read verse 4. Now, folks, listen. <laughs> I it, this, is what, this is the trip. This is the trip. I don't make none of this stuff up. This is not my opinion. 
This is not me blubbering out to to fill airtime. This is not this, this is not some Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Corinthian identicist doctrine. This is the Word of God. Do you believe His words? Or you just believe the subject matter that suits your fancy and you can live like hell like you want to live and go about these few principles out here that you think are so great and grandiose. Is that what you do? You don't stand a snowball's chance in hell at the judgment seat of Christ if that's what you do. How do I know that? Because that's what the Lord said. Read Matthew 4, 4. How do I know? He's talking to the adversary in Matthew 4, 4. I want you to read verse 3, and then I want you to read verse 4, brother. Okay? <clears throat> you folks will recognize the context is the Mount Temptation, okay? You'll recognize it if you know the book. Continue, brother. Read it. And when the tempter came to him, he said... If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, Okay, I just want to, let, me, let me clear it. Let me set the table for what, what he said. Command these stones be made bread. You know you're hungry, man. You've been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. You know you're hungry. You're sitting starving. You're sweating bullets. You know you're hungry. You can do it. You're, you're Jesus Christ. You can turn these stones to bread. Of course he could. Watch what he says. Go ahead, brother. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. That's material. By... That, 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 let's watch a second. That's material, physical stuff. Not only bread, but what, brother? Read it. Start it first and read it over again. But he answered and said... It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. No, 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 brother, you you must be using that old sorry King James translation. Doesn't it say every message or every subject or every thought? Or does it say every word? Every, Every word. Absolutely every word. Every word, folks. Well, what does that tell you? Have you got enough spiritual insight to realize, can you extrapolate spiritually what that means? If you ain't got the words, you can't do it. You've got that? In other words, the Father is going to have to apologize to you at the judgment because he lied, see. He told a little white fib when he said he'd preserve his word, see. You see what I'm saying, folks? You say, do you get the gist? Well, it was preserved in the Greek. You know how many different Greek texts there is? Folks, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm begging you to understand this. Those Bible-denying, reprobate, jackass, braying jackasses arguments will not hold water. They'll lie to you, they'll deceive you, and leave you out there doubting what God has blessed. And what God will bless in your life if you will just trust what he said. You can't trust nothing if you ain't got it. So he'll have to apologize, right? What's he going to do? He says he's immutable. Says he can't lie. 
Or did he just slip up and tell a little white one, you know? Well, I just couldn't, I couldn't, down there in Alexandria, Egypt, I just had trouble, you know, with those Cyprian and that bunch down there. And they just, those scribes down there, Theodosius, they just raised something. And I was sleeping at that time. I was taking a nap, and they just inserted a word, a scribal error, you know. So I guess you just don't pay no attention to Psalms 12. Turn to Psalms 12. Brother Jason, you just got, I'm sorry, you fill in the blank, you fill in your name, I'm sorry, I apologize, I slipped up, I just, it's been so many eons, I just got a little tired, I speak reverently, Lord, you know I'm trying to make a point, Father, you see folks, once you get to the point where you trust what he said, then you can start understanding and believing what you read and applying it in your life. But till you get to that point, you're going to doubt it. Or do you trust man? Do you trust all the reprobates? Some of them can't even, well, nothing. Read uh, tw- um, Psalms 12, brother. Drop down there to where it says, um, uh, where it talks about the Word of God. I forget what verse it's in, brother. The words of the Lord are pure words as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. Thank you, brother. Why don't they take... See, folks, once you start cutting the book up, you can just take out what you like and kick back and ignore the rest. There's no such thing as a standard for every manner of faith and practice in your life. Just eat, drink, and be merry. Live like hell. Take what you want and let the rest go to hell. Figuratively speaking. Don't, and, and folks, it's my job to waste time with these idiots, about these idiots. That's my job, okay? Especially with new people coming in all the time with every Tom, every um, Charlie Brown and, and Peanuts in their hand. Well, my Bible don't say that. Well, of course it doesn't. Been affected by the God of this world. Well, that's just one place in the Scriptures. You want me to go on and on and on? you got three warnings, folks. One at the first of the book in Deuteronomy, in the middle of the book in Proverbs, and in the very last chapter of the Word of God. You've got three warnings in the Old Testament, in the wisdom books, and the very last book, last chapter in the book. That just happened that way, Brother Don. Then, for God's sake, cut the computer off and just go waller in your own idiocy. And I don't make apologies for saying that. because that, and I, But I do say it with charity, because that's what it is. 
You have no spiritual understanding. You haven't take the t- taken the time to learn the book. You've not loved it with your heart. Yeah, I know that. How do I know that? Because the world's full of them. And I deal with them all the time. That silly woman makes me sick to my stomach. See, just reading some crap like that puts doubt in some people's minds. You know what the Lord said? You remember I told you about what he said about offending one of these little ones, how that's got nothing to do with children, but it's got to do in the context with children. Offend one of these little ones like the children of God. Better than a millstone were tied around the neck and they were thrown into the depths of the sea, then they offend one of these little ones. What's that offend? Offend mean, Brother Don, you might say. It means set a trap or trap, have something to do with messing up one of the little ones, causing doubt. See, it's spiritual, folks. It's spiritual. It's spiritual. It's not you, you, you. It's you, you, you. It's you that's got to give an account at the judgment seat of Christ. It's me that's got to give an account at the judgment seat of Christ. For every man shall give an account of himself to God. You do not give an account for the Jews. You give an account for yourself. Set your affections on things above and not on things of this earth. Godly living, brotherly love, loving the Lord. That's the kind of stuff that makes it through the fire, folks. How can you say you love your brother? How can you say you love God whom you have not seen if you don't display love, apply love to your brother whom you have seen? Rhetorical question. You can't. You're lying to yourself if you say you do. James is a lot rougher than I am about it, folks. You'll pick and choose what you like, and you'll just stay. You'll avoid the rest. Some of them like prophecy. Oh, they won't talk about prophecy all the time. All the time. That's all they want to deal with, prophecy. What do you think about the, the ten kingdoms? Do uh, you reckon there's going to be a Jew at the head of it? Uh, what do you think about this? What do you think? Who's the little horn? Is it over? Hey, nothing wrong, folks. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Ain't nothing wrong with some of that stuff, folks. Ain't, ain't nothing wrong. Moderation. Moderation. Yeah, but you overemphasize on the Bible. How can the world could you overemphasize God's eternal word? Turn to Psalms 138, brother, while I'm talking. How in the world? Could you even think, how, if, if this bothers you, then I have accomplished, and maybe the Spirit of God has accomplished what he intended to do. That's upset you. You know what that upsetting is? That's called conviction. You don't like it? That's good. Well, tell me, tell me who can live this life and do everything that they like. See, you think it's all about pleasure. 
I'm not talking about extreme pleasure, just everything going smooth, everything this, everything. No, 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 no. This, that's the reason you're here. You're not here for pleasure, folks. Not the elect. You're not here for pleasure. Never, it doesn't say it anywhere in the Word of God that you're here for pleasure. Nowhere under the new covenant are you here to just eat, drink, and be merry and have a big fat bank account with a bunch of nice sweet kids and send them to college. It ain't there! Or set in your sealed house and claim to be spiritual and not be doing nothing for the brethren or nothing for the Lord. If you can't go, support the ministry. If you can't preach or teach, support somebody that does. Lay up treasures in heaven, not on the earth. We're getting fewer and fewer and fewer, folks. Bible-believing Christianity is the minority, even among the minority of our people. When we were strong, when we would not give place to the devil, we had a book that we believed and we acted upon it and it applied in our life. We controlled our mouth. We controlled our attitudes. We controlled our character. It came with discipline. 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 That's why preaching and teaching like this, it scarces hands teeth. It's all about love, love, get in a building, hallelujah, glory to God, everything of the flesh, and go out and just be wicked as hell. And I don't mean go out killing nobody, and I sure as I ain't talking about the Ten Commandments. I'm talking about your thoughts. I'm talking about putting away that filthy mouth. I'm talking about putting away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor. Be kind one to another. Tender-hearted. Forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, had forgiven you. I'm talking about pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. That's what I'm talking about. I thought your brethren were your family. I thought your pastor, I thought your Bible teacher, I thought were part of a family. We're part of the household of God. Second Timothy 2, the household of God. There's many vessels, some to honor, some to dishonor. You want to be a vessel of honor? Act like it. Do like it. You're worse than an infidel if you don't. That's not my opinion. That's what the book says. You won't take care of your own? <laughs> You're worse than an infidel, is what Paul says. Your own house is worse than an infidel. That's an unbeliever, by the way. 
Acts chapter 17, brother. Wait, wait, wait. You're, excuse me. I, I got off. I want you to read verse 2 in 138. In, in Psalms 138, I want you to read verse 2. Okay? So Psalms 138, 2. I could quote it, but I want you to read it. If I were just when quoted scripture all the time, I wouldn't even have to have a reader, folks. <laughs> Okay, if I if I did that, but I, I quote more scripture in an hour than most people will read, and ain't got nothing to do with me being smart or this great. And no, 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 no. It's that I live and breathe it. Okay, that's the only reason it come just comes to mind. Boom, 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 because I I put it in. You can't put give it out if you don't put it in. It's simple. And you duh. I wonder why it's the only book that lays around getting dust when it's claimed to be the eternal word of the eternal God, with all the wonderful pre- uh, promises for our people, and you got somebody come by with a knife and try to cut it up, another person leaves it set over there and get dust all over it. Hmm? I wonder why it's that way. I wonder why it's that spiritually powerful. Huh? I wonder why. Everybody wants to talk about it, but nobody wants to read it and learn it. I wonder why it's that way. Something spiritual there, wouldn't you say? Brother Tony Adams and me were talking about that today. Oh, they'll go read a Harlequin romance, or they'll read Sports of Field, or they'll read they'll read the Wall Street Journal. And you ask them for a verse of scripture, they couldn't quote a verse of scripture with a scripture quoting machine. They hadn't hit it in their heart. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee, Lord. That's what David said. Psalm 119.11. Yeah, but it's really not that important because as long as I know some of the subjects and I know the general message, I'm okay. You'll find out how okay you are. You will find out because it's required of you. It's not, it's not a, well, maybe you can or maybe you can't. It's required of you. But see how important it is. Read it, Brother Jason. Psalm 138, verse 2. See how important this is to all you y'all warriors and y'all chewers. Okay? And by the way, I just wanted to throw this in. Ezekiel chapter 43 tells you what, uh, what doing fame to the name of God is. Guess what it is? Ain't got nothing to do with pronunciation. Nothing! Not a thing! It's got to do with your life. It's got to do with what you do and what you don't do. Yes. Oh, yes. See, if you read the book, you'd know that. It's not the only place either. You want to be important and different, huh? <laughs> you want to be important and different? Listen to what he says here. Go ahead, brother. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word. Is that a little w? Is that a little w? I already know what it is, brother. Just answer my question. Is it's, it a little, a, it's a little w that I'm looking at. That's correct. It sure is. Just want to make sure the folks got it out there. That's a little. That's that's the words we're in tonight, folks. Got it. 
Read the whole verse again, brother. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth, for thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Bingo. Bingo. What would you say, Brother Jason? What's the um, the exegetical meaning of that verse? See how hard it is to understand what that verse says. <laughs> what does he place above everything? The word. Thank you. Thank you. Above his very name. Mm-mm-mm-mm. So, all you Yahweh shoers and all that junk, don't choke on it, okay? Live your life by the book. That's what is disgrace to his name, not pronunciation. There's a, there's so many pronunciations you could you could choke on them, okay? One day you'll have it. One day you'll have the body of Christ, a body just like Christ. It'll flow like a river. Right now, you're in a wicked flesh body that's going back to the dirt. Until you get that new body, you ain't even worthy to even speak it. That's why it's generic, big G, God in the New Testament. Bet they won't tell you that. Anyway, Acts chapter 17. Yes, even his children are not worthy to to say it, okay? If you knew the book, you'd know that while you're children, you've got tutors and masters over you till you become of age. That's the type that Paul uses in Timothy. Anyway, go ahead, brother. I mean, excuse me. I'm sorry. I apologize. It's in the book of um, Philippians or Colossians. I, I forget exactly the chapter right now. All right, brother. Acts chapter 17, where we left off the other night. We ain't got but a few verses to go, and we'll go ahead and shut it down for tonight. Um. I was trying to find where we left off, Brother Don. Mm-hmm. Drop down to right above where he starts talking about um, the days of Noah, Brother. Just start at verse 22, Brother. Verse 22. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Paul- Bro- folks, listen, listen, listen. You, you think I'm Brother Don's heart, Okay. If you can't find, you got time to go to the bathroom? You got time to sit down and feed your face? The normal necessities of life? You got, you, you got time to listen to the radio? You got time to watch YouTube clips? You got time to take a shower? Well, you can't fit enough time in to attempt to read this book. can't apply it in your life if you don't know it, folks. You can't make application if you don't know it. There is no excuses for that at all. There is na-na-na, none. Go ahead, Judge. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said... Yeah, brother, that's Luke chapter 17. That ain't Luke chapter 17, brother. That's in Acts. That's Acts. I, I thought you said to read next, but that's why I was confused. 
Well, I, I, uh, I apologize, brother. I may have had a verse or two in Acts pop in my mind. That's my fault. I apologize if I said that. <laughs> no, no I, problem. I thought it was Luke, but I wasn't that's a good, sure. That's a good sermon, though. That's a good sermon. We're in Acts chapter 17, by the way, where Paul says that. That's where he talks about that God set the habitations for all the races and everything. Anyway, go ahead, brother. Chapter Verse 22 in Acts 17. And he, and he said unto the disciples... The days will come when ye shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and ye shall not see it. And they shall say to you, See here, or see there, go not after them, nor follow them. For as a lightning that lighteth out of the one part under heaven, shineth unto the other part under heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. But first must he suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. And as it was in the day of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. Okay. This is a little prophetical part here in in, uh, Luke chapter 17, folks, that goes right along with Luke chapter 21 and Matthew 24. And Mark 13, he's just a little insert the Lord puts in here, all right? And he's talking about as it was in the days of Noah. My goodness, my goodness, how much we have went over Genesis chapter 6 backward and, and, and a little bit forward. That's the days of Noah that takes place from Genesis 6 forward to the day of Noah, those things that took place in that day, okay? I've dealt with those sons of God many, many times in programs past, and I'm sure we'll be dealing with it some more later on. But for the time being, that's what he's talking about, okay? He's, he's, that's what he means. Everybody was eating and drinking. And that's nothing particularly important, you would think. on the, In other words, you would think just by looking at that, that well, it's just going to be just the same. Everybody's going to have a job and be cooking supper and all this, that. And in other words, everything's going to be just commonplace. Not so. See, that's why he starts it off as it was in the days of Noah. You have to go back to those time period and see what was coming down. It has sexual connotations. See, everybody just wouldn't live in their life and stuff in their bank account taking care of their kids. That always has went on. This was a special time. The specialness about this period of time has sexual connotations. And if he's starting out with sexual connotations, pay close attention to what comes after this because you don't hear no, I done got lambasted for making this comment before, but I'm going to make it again. Pay close attention to what he says. He's starting it off with these connotations. So I want you to isogetically read in to the verses that come after that and then just think about what's been going on here since June and what's been going on here since the 60s in our country and across the white Christian nations of this world. I want you to look at it with sexual connotations in mind. Folks, ain't not another Bible teacher out there is going to tell you this. Okay? And if there are, I slap him on the back and thank God for him. Okay? So... Just watch it close and see what you can isogetically read into this 
of what the Lord's saying. Start again, brother. <clears throat> and as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Okay. Like what? They were drinking. They were taking wives. They were married. They were given in marriage. Sex all over this, folks. Now watch the next verse. Go ahead. Likewise, also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. Hmm. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Destroyed them all. You got that income? You got that? That's the same thing that happened with Noah's days. The they. They who? They who? Well, if you know the days of Noah, you know who the they were. He's not just talking in general generalities, folks. He's not just talking in generalities. So, in Noah's day, he killed that bunch. Killed them all. In Lot's day, he also killed them all. Verse 30, brother. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day, he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. Okay. Now he said, well, no, stop just a second. He, he just takes it singular. He's talking about let him. It's on the housetop. Let him. Let him. Likewise, not return back. Let him that is in the field. Singular. One person. Man. Got it? Following it, the little the little contextual thing I taught we taught, where I showed you the two illustrations he gave was no one lot and the, the connotations. Don't forget it. Now he drops down here, talks about one individual. Tells that one individual what to do. And then he says, remember Lot's wife. Hmm. See, I know the way the whole quote-unquote Christian world teaches this, folks. I understand that. And you can teach it that way in generalities. I'm trying to take you a step deeper in the very next two or three verses, okay? because of what's being run rampant across our once great Christian nations. But remember Lot's wife. What did Lot's wife do? She turned her back on God and turned it back to where she had came out of. Remember what Peter says? about the sow returned to the water in the mire and the dog to the vomit. She looked back at the vomit. She looked back at the hog pen. That's where her heart was at. 
see, and there's no definitions, folks, listen, in as calm a way as I know how to put it. You can't define world world with what you just don't like. You can't define you can't have a hog pen that's air conditioned. Hog, and, and say, well, I'm not going to get in that hog pen over there because it ain't got air conditioning. See, that's like somebody pointing, you know, going and just lavishing themselves out in the world, you know, with Hollywood, Hollywood, and all that wickedness, talking like a, a filthy sailor and everything, worldly speak, talking worldly slang that the world puts on, everybody picks up. That's the fashions of this world, as James talks about. Paul says you live in it, but you're not supposed to let it abuse you. Living in the world is not abusing it, as he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. As far away as you can get from the system and the way the system believes and loves, that's what you are supposed to do. The early church did it. They were ostracized. All through the first millennia, they were ostracized. They get they get an ISM put on the end of them, or a CAN like the Paulicians or the Bogomiles. Okay, the like I mentioned them the other night, the Anabaptists. They don't conform to the world. They don't conform to quote unquote accepted biblical doctrines accepted by the church and when I'm saying that I'm talking after 325 AD folks okay I'm talking about everything after let's say the earliest the the latest date I would say would be around 250 at a max the things before that Everything was fresh in everybody's mind from the days of our Lord and Savior and the apostles before people got comfortable and settled down on their butts and started adding and taking away from the Word of God. So don't think that just because you don't live in the hog pen and don't have no air conditioning that your hog pen's okay. And don't think just because that you don't eat the vomit that ate this, that, and the other, but you the vomit you eat don't have little pieces in it. So I hate to get so graphic, but I want you to understand what I'm saying. That This is what I've been saying all night long. It ain't. Our life has never been about our likes and our loves and our hates. It ain't never been. It's It shouldn't have been. When we go with our loves, likes, and hates, we're going contrary to the Father. But when we go with His likes, loves, and hates, we're in line with Him. And the world's never been in line with Him. Never will be. Like I said, folks, if you don't understand the metaphor, then I'm sorry for you. Just don't make fun of the one's hog pen that's not air-conditioned just because yours is air-conditioned, okay? Now I want you to watch this close. 
she turned to a pillar of salt. You know what color salt is? White. Salt melts. Hmm. It, it's good. Salt that hadn't lost its savor is good. You're, you are the salt of the earth, folks. You're supposed to be the salt, but when the salt's lost its savor, you're supposed to throw it in a dung hill, see? You're not doing or attempting to do the things you're supposed to do. Then, hey, dung hill time. Stunt, stunted, stunted. Now watch verse 33. Go ahead, brother. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. You think what I'm saying? Everything I've told you from the very beginning of this program has got to do with verse 33. Everything's tied in right with it. You didn't know it at the time, see? But I did. Losing is not positive. Denying oneself is not positive. It's negative. All that stuff that, that, that that's, I, oh, you always, yes, I am. But look at the positive thing, see? Look at the end of the book. Remember that. Engrave it in your heart. Engrave it in your mind. I feel sorry for some folks that's never spent any length of time in sports because sports is a great metaphor for the Christian life. It really is, especially football. When you think about it, see, when you know all about it, you... So I played for right at 16 years. You know, the Lord is the captain of our salvation. Hebrews, book of Hebrews. He chooses his staff. The coach, the main coach, he chooses his staff. He chooses his assistant coaches, his offensive and defensive coordinators. The medical Team. He chooses all the coaches. One does that choosing for that. But you know that the players they volunteer to come out and be on the team, or they sign something. If it's college, they sign for scholarship. See, in other words, they choose. The coach chooses his team. I'm talking about the assistant coaches. They chooses his staff. The players sign on, come on their own, you know, to start with. There's a bunch, there's a bunch of illustrations like that. But it's never 100% to the T, but it gets the point across to what I'm saying. The difference in the elect and the rest. Like the Lord said, you have not chosen me, but I've chosen you. See. Chosen before the foundation 
of the world. Chosen before the foundation of the world. Predestinated means destination fixed to be conformed to the image of his son. And all the in-betweens, the justified, glorified, all EDs, past tense. Folks, that's the end of the book. That's the end. That's where we wind up. A million years from now, that's a thousand years when there is no time. And that's coming. There will be time no longer. There ought to be a little chicken grin in the corner of your mouth when all the troubles are coming down, when the tears are coming out of your eyes over the pain, there still ought to be that little chicken grin in the corner of your mouth. Say, one of these days, one of these days, and your love for him will keep you growing day to day. Where if there is no love, there will be no growth, there will be no learning, there will be no purchase, there will be nothing. Folks, you can get all the knowledge you want to get. You can learn all about the Illuminati, you can learn all about the Pope, you can learn all about the Jews, you can learn about the Rothschilds, you can learn and fill that head full of every bit of that knowledge, and you can even know them by name and even know their Social Security number. And you know what that does for you when you take your last breath? Not one sap-sucking thing. See, knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifies. Verse 34, brother. <clears throat> I tell you in that night there shall be two men in one bed. The one shall be taken and the other shall be left. I ask you, what are two men doing in bed? Hmm. At night? I wonder why. Hmm. Hmm. I had somebody tell me that, oh, you got, no, 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 I'm just going by what this the whole little speech started off as, okay, as in the days of Noah and as in the days of Lot, okay? That's all I'm doing. I'm, not, I'm just going with the flow here. I'm not saying for sure. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know what all's going on today, don't you? Don't you know that the, that the, the final leader will have no desire of women? Or did you know the book well enough to know that? Daniel chapter 11. Have no desire of women. That little horn. That vile person it talks about in Daniel 11 and in Daniel 7. He don't have no desire for women. Hmm. Hmm. See what I mean? Continue, brother. Two women shall be grinding together. The one shall be taken and the other left. Hmm. Verse 36. Two men shall be in the field. One shall be taken and the other left. 
I can see that one. Go ahead, brother. And they answered and said unto him, Where, Lord? And he said unto them, Wheresoever the body is, thither will the eagles be gathered together. And you can cross there, you can cross reference that to the great day of God. That is the final that's the final wrath that's poured out and the destruction of God on an ungodly world. What what all those quote unquote prophecy teachers out there call the Battle of Armageddon. That's where the eagles are gathered together. That's what the scriptures say that their eagles are gathered together. All the all of the people that wanna oh, this is allegorically talking blow it out your nose. The people that teach like that don't have a clue what they're talking about. They get to something they don't understand, they tell you it's an allegory. Okay? <laughs> they get to something that's not just black and white that they can't get their slimy hands in, they'll holler allegory on you. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the, the whatever meaning they make up, that, that's that's all it is, is their opinion and their makeup. Okay? That's, that's their deal. They got nothing to do with the Spirit of God and got jack squat to do with the Word of God. Some of our early church fathers, and I'm talking about, like I said, 250 and below, back to the resurrection. You know what they said about those, those people? We'll go find out. Just check it out. I'm not going to sit here and tell you everything. You study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Any questions in the chat room? No, sir. Okay, probably empty, but anyway, if there's no questions. Listen, I want to tell you guys in the way that downloaders, you're going to get this. Brother David Kennedy, when you listen to this, I can go ahead and tell you that we're going to be doing a series. I'm talking about soon, maybe even start it tomorrow night. Well, because there's been some people asking where they can find my teaching on Ezekiel 40 through 48 because it's hard to find. I've brought, I've, I've went there so many times it's not all listed in the subject titles in, in the uh, archives. I mean, there's a couple of places where it's mentioned, but unless a person was searching, they would miss it. So we're going to do a pro, we're going to start that program either tomorrow night or Friday night, and I'm going to do a detailed teaching again on the last eight chapters of Ezekiel. I want to get that out there. I'm going to do it. It'll be more detailed than it was previously. I'm going to bring in some scriptures that I haven't before that tie in with it in the context. Every wicked Israelite ought to be tuning in. Okay? The unregenerate ones, they ought to be tuning in that because that's where they're going to wind up. Some, 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 well, not all, not all. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the time that we spent tonight together, Father, and I pray, Father, the Holy Spirit would work in the lives of your children. 
I pray that the Spirit would nudge, not be as ruthless as I am, Lord, sometimes in the way I come across. Father, you know my heart. You know everything I say is purely out of love. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would woo, lead and guide the listeners into all truth, the truth that they're ready to receive now in the growth process, the truth that you have for them out of your book, Father. I pray, Father, that you would show them the importance of your perfected word and how important it is and how truthful it is, Lord, that you cannot lie and you mean what you say and say what you mean and help them to understand that and apply it in their life to where they can get a a better grip, a better heartfelt love for your book and your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, because they're practically inseparable in this book. I pray that you'd be with the downloaders, watch over them. I pray that more of them would find the time to tune in live, if it be possible, Lord. Make the time for them. And I thank you so much for the ones that do come here live. Father, that's a blessing. I thank you so much, Father, for their faithfulness, and I know it's all of you. Father, I pray you convict of sin where there is sin in the lives of your elect. Convict them of that sin. Show them the door to choose to get away from those temptations and trials. And Father, the ones that's going through pain and suffering, I pray that you would comfort like no father could ever comfort here on this earth. I pray that you would uplift the brokenhearted, heal the sick, guide the ones that's lost and walking around thinking that they're looking for the truth, bring them the truth, bring them to the truth of your word, Father, and a supernatural love for your Son. And I ask all these things in the name of the name that is above every name. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Appreciate you guys being there tonight. And uh, Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow night. And we'll either be we'll be in the, in the next few chapters of Job or I will start the program on Ezekiel 40 through 48. We'll just see which way the Lord leads. Go ahead, Brother Jason. Don Spears Ministries, 3155 Louisville Street, D1, Kyle, Alabama, 36017, telephone 334-397-2333, email joydon1953 at yahoo.com. Thank you, brother. Did a good job. Thank you, brother Kevin. Good job. God bless each and every one of you. Lord willing, health permitting. We'll see you tomorrow night. Good night, brother. Thanks, brother. Good night.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.